Season's going to end on a double doink, 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 doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know. It's the TC Martin Show. Yeah, I had another idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then uh... prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why is it funny? It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me? Yeah, I had another idea. That's the result you're gonna get. It's the doctor, TC Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. Doctor is now in. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes, our fair, favorite day of the week, right? Tuesday afternoon. A terrible Tuesday because, of course, we've got plenty of terrible Tuesday thoughts and takes today. Game day. Game night tonight. We've got a couple games, don't we? We've got the Major League Baseball All Star game. Yes, I'm intrigued. I'm enthused. Because it is the best all-star game of all the all-star games. Are there any all-star games left? See, the Pro Bowl is extinct now, right? We... Is that really an all-star game, though? It's supposed to be. Yeah. You're elected to the Pro Bowl because you're an all-star, right? I don't think so. What do you mean you don't think so? Who do you think gets elected? They all get out. They all, they all, they all get out of the show. Yeah, but they're elected. They're Pro Bowl. They are, but they don't. They don't get in. Yeah, so that stinks. NBA All Star Game. Not really enthused about it. <laughs> Major League Baseball. I am. And guess who's managing the American League tonight? Who do you think? Yes, I'm going to take one guess. Yes, Dusty Baker. You know who it is? DB. Yeah, because it goes by who was in the World Series last year. So there you have it. All right, so you have a little Phillies representation with Rob Thompson for the National League, Dusty Baker for the American League. So, all-star game tonight in Seattle. Love Seattle. Be there coming up next week. All right, so we'll talk a little Major League Baseball all-star game with the not one, not two, not three, not four, but five-time all-star Steve Sachs will join us. We'll get his great all-star game thoughts. Major League Baseball and a whole lot more with Saxy today. The marvelous one. We have not visited with the marvelous one. Marvelous. Mark Ratner, everybody's favorite here in Las Vegas. Just beloved Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, UFC, box, International Boxing Hall of Famer. Uh, you can just open the door to anything. That's what I love about the, some of these like slower sports days and weeks that we have in the middle of the summertime. The Marvelous one, we can go anywhere. Numchuck, where do you want to go? Give me a topic and I'll let you know if we can go there with Marvelous Mark. Can we talk to him about, about your new car? <laughs> I don't think he knows anything about that. You want to talk about my car? Huh? Let's talk about this thing. Oh, jeez. I pull. Or I, I watch you pull in. Yeah. First of all, okay. Go what ahead. color is that? Well, let me see. Get out of the way so I can look. Um, it's funny. Uh, let's see. I would say let's keep it in sports terminology, and of course, TC Martin show context. I would go a cross between maybe Goulden spicy mustard and maybe a French's mustard with a tint of Green Bay Packer gold pants and maybe a little tinge of a cross between the 49er gold rush pants. What do you think? 
I think you about nailed it. I about nailed it. I think you about nailed <laughs> so, it. So what you do, you go ahead and you put all of that in a big, big bowl, in a mixing bowl, and I'm doing my Julia Child imitation. I don't know if you know Julia Child, Numchuck, because you're probably too damn young for that. Yes, but she would drop an occasional F-bomb like yourself every now and then because she'd be intoxicated. Yes, so you put a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and you stir it all up, and that would be the color of that car. Damn, that was good! That was good! I think that was the first time I did Julie Child. Joey Sly's in the house. He didn't, you don't know who Julie Child is, do you? Do you have any idea? Any of you guys? Zero. No, I know. Do you? Yes. Who is she? She's a cooking, like she used to have a cooking show. She was the cook. She was the chef. That's it. Public television. She was the Guy Fieri of. Thank you very much. The 40s. That's it. Is it Guy Fieri or Guy Fietti? It's Fietti. Don't you say anything out of your mouth with an F. Anything that starts with F with you, do not utter it. You're going to give us an FCC violation. I always thought it was Fieri. Oh, God. All right. Let me tell you about this car. Okay. Okay. So. As many of you know, uh, yeah, well, I don't even, what, what were you playing now? I was, tr- I, I had a clip of Julia Child, but there, there's music over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to compare the voices? I bet my voice is spot on. Go ahead. Let's see. Let's see what you have there, Nubchuck. Now I think I'm going into my Monty Python voice. If they aren't brown nicely on one side. <laughs> this pre-browning always gives... Things more flavor and it also looks better. I don't really know as it sears the juices in, but it it has an aesthetic value. That's one of my favorites, Julia Child. There you go, very nicely done. See, I, I think I nailed it. I'll give you like a seven and seven and a half. And she was talking about what she was talking about some brown, something mustard, something steaks like, or something. something. Like yeah. There it is. Yeah. Okay, so. After the accident that I got into, whatever, no, 10 days ago, uh, I've been without one of my cars, right? So. By the way, you feeling better? Like, is it? I went to pain management today, too. First time. I did pain management. And you know, I hate, you, you hate going to doctors and going to all this stuff when, you know, for the first time you got to fill out like 38 pages of paperwork. Yeah. I mean, do, do you really need to go through that? I mean, they're asking me questions that, no one's ever even asked me before substance abuse and all this other Did kind you of have stuff any substance abuse no but you okay. know they ask you like you know one to you know one to five you know or zero to five zero being you've never experienced it till five this and that but they want to know everything they want to know your history and all this kind of nonsense but anyway i mean it takes a half hour just to fill out paperwork it drives me crazy so anyway um shout out Okay, shout out, big shout out to my guy, Chop. All right, to a good friend. Everybody knows who Chop Tobin is, the Tobin Auto Dealerships. You know what I really miss? What? The late night TV shows oh, with Chop. The best. Can the we best. get him to get back into that? Uh, him and I actually talked about that, and uh, but he he's too busy. And again, that's when he was a, a young up-and-comer. You know, you're going back to the... To the nineties, like ni- yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. No, it was beautiful. We talk about that all the time. That was some of the best stuff yes. in the world. Yeah. So uh, when I went in, you'll you'll appreciate this. When I went in to go get my car, so Chop has hooked me up with a car for the foreseeable near future. And again, I just appreciate him doing that because you try going through insurance, 
and you know your insurance will give you a car, rent a car. But what do you think the maximum per day that insurance will allot you for a vehicle? Be serious. What do you think? Because yeah. I can get a car. I can get a car. You know through. The, you know through the, the insurance, yeah. Through, and they have a deal like with Enterprise or somebody like a, a rental agency, right? Yes. They got a max per day. What do you think it is? I have no idea. Thirty bucks a day. You really can't get a car, okay? For a guy who's six two, I'm not getting in a compact car. I'm not going to do a compact car. No. So they come back and they say, "Well, you know, we're we're short of vehicles, sir. Uh, but we can get you into a full size for around you know forty seven, forty eight dollars a day." I'm not coming out of pocket. I'm not at fault in this accident, right? Exactly. I'm going to come out of pocket? No, I'm not going to come out of pocket. So forget that. So Chop says, man, I'm going to hook you up. So Chop hooks me up, and I am in the Alfa Romeo. You hip to the Alfa Romeo? Not really. Okay. So as you know, I am a creature of habit. Okay, and I am so appreciative of of, of Chop supplying me with the car. And uh, again, just go visit any of his dealerships. The you know Tobin Dodge, any of the Tobin. It's the most program in the world. It's the one. It's the only Chopper Show coming to you from Tobin Fiat Alfa Romeo right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. You've been waiting for it. Everywhere we go, people ask, what are you going to do the show? When is the show going to happen? I want to see the show. Bring the show back. We're doing a little baby show right now. And then guess what? We're going to do a little tour around the Tobin Automotive Properties. We're going to go to Prestige Chrysler Jeep Dodge and Ram, number one in the state. He's then got we're going to make our move to the number one Dodge Love store that. in the world. I don't know if you know it. Tobin Dodge. It is so that's what I was going to tell you. So when I walk in yesterday, they say, hey, come on by, pick up the car. And I said, yeah, I'll just, I'm, I'm f- going to be back in town, coming from Minnesota, going to do the show. Come on by. So I walk in the door. What's the first thing I say? Where's my genie? Where's the blue genie? And I got an answer just like that. Uh, blue genie is in, I think it said uh, Washington. You go, blue genie is living in Washington now. And Joey Sly's looking at us like we have three heads. You don't know who the blue genie is? You do know the blue genie. There you go. Yeah. No, so, so Chop back in the day. Back in the day when I would come here um, from like Sacramento and I would, I'd be in the hotel and I'd be watching this day. I was mesmerized. Dude, he was great at oh, it. it was the best. The best. Yeah. So here's a little fun fact that you don't know and a lot of people don't know. I tried to recreate his show and I didn't even know him back then. I tried to recreate his show in Sacramento. So I went to my guy, my dealership, yep. you know, in, in, in Sacramento, who I've had a long time sponsorship with, right? I said, we've got to do this show. It's ingenious. We'll roll out the cars. We'll have the different characters. We'll do all this kind of stuff. And they looked at me like, you're crazy. <laughs> you realized it wouldn't have worked, right? You know why? Of course it wouldn't have worked because the Hold- doctor would have been involved. No, no. Are you kidding me? Hold on. I'll tell you why it wouldn't have worked. Oh, of course it would have worked. There's only one chopper. There's one chopper. That's true. There's only, and he's got his... That's all down. But I had my crew too. You know that. You could have had, had your the crew. crew. I do have you my could, crew. You could have had your crew. It was TC and the Soul Patrol. What but, are you talking about? But your crew isn't. I chopper. had Madam Zania. I had Johnny Psycho Pain. I had Big Al. I mean, can you imagine Big Al with no shirt on bouncing around there. Can I please not have? Okay then. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so anyway, back to the car situation. I'm a creature of habit. I've owned nothing but. Toyotas, 
All right, every Toyota imaginable I've owned, driven, you know, rent a car, I get plain simple. So you get outside of that Toyota family, and I get a little lost. It'd be like you, Numchuck. Oh no. Leaving Las Vegas. I mean, you'd be like a fish out of water if I if I, I used to- took you to Houston or somewhere. No, I don't want to hear about that. You know, yeah, you went to, you know, outside of Chicago and some little fortress out there. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just giving you a bad time. I know you are. But you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying. True story. I've got no problem because, you know, I'll, I'll uh, humiliate myself. I have no problem. I get in this car yesterday. I was kind of in a hurry. And Marco dropped me off. How long do you think it took me to leave the car lot yesterday? Seriously. From drop off to pick, or from drop The moment I got the keys yesterday. Hour and a half. No, 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 no. I'm talking about once I got the keys in my hand. Oh. How long did it take me to leave the lot? Oh, 15, Tobin. 15 minutes because you don't well, you don't know how to work that car. Exactly. <laughs> You're about right. <laughs> I'm a creature of habit. I'm going, okay, wait, 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 wait. Here's the push start on my Toyota is over here. What what is this? Where where is this? I had the toughest time getting this thing in reverse. I did. Does it have the the, the knob or does it have it does. It has the knob. Okay. It's not a stick shift, but it's kind of. It's yeah. And I'm thinking like, what what's going on here? I'm thinking, like, oh yeah, it's foreign car. Now, I think I've driven a foreign car maybe two or three times in my entire life. Did a Mercedes. Couldn't stand that. Um Rolls Royce one time. That that was a night. I couldn't even figure out how to get in the Rolls Royce. My man, the hitman, has that. Oh, sold by Chop, by the way. Uh I think I think those are the two foreign cars. I don't know. Um, I drove Dusty's Mercedes Benz one time back in DC, and he said, "Hey, man, you, you want you want you want to go around DC? Go to the sites? Go to Naval Academy? Here, here here's my car. Okay, cool. Oh, it's a, it was like a brand new Mercedes Benz SUV. That took me a while too, and I was nervous as heck to drive that, especially." In foreign territory. And it being Dusty Baker. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But now I feel the same type of pressure because it's Chop's car. You know what I'm saying? I get you. One of Chop's cars. Hold on. Chop. Yeah. Dusty Baker. Now, if you talk to Chop, what do you think he'd say? Yeah, right. Think about parallel. He'd be about parallel. Equal, right? But you, you know, it's right. In in reality. But friends are friends, man. I don't want to wreck a friend's car. I know. Especially just coming off what I came off of, not yeah. my fault. And then, so I'm a little driving gingerly, right? Yeah, it took me about 10, 15 minutes to get out of the parking lot yesterday to figure out how to put reverse in. Then, I'm, it's serious. I finally figure it out and I'm driving. Now people are honking at me on the freeway because, you know, I'm going like 45. Hey, man, what are you doing? Felt like Marco and driving Miss Daisy, you know? But I'm being ultra careful. I know you are. You know? I get you. And I'm driving a foreign car. Now, what's the most important thing to me in a car? Come on, you know. It's the stereo. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Of course it is. Yeah, right? So I guess there's some preset stations in here, right? And I'm going back. You can't go to the preset stations. Well, I couldn't figure out how to manually do it. So I'm just hitting the button over and over 
And then it was, the, you know, the advance where yeah. the next station that comes clear. Yeah. By the way, while I was in the car. Oh, God. While I was pressing the button, I go, hey, I wonder, you know, because it stops at stations, yep. you know, and you have to have a decent frequency to have that stop. Right. So I'm at like 106.5. Oh, no. I press the oh, next no. one. And where do you think it stops at? 107.1. It baby. did. It did. And I heard some, I don't know what I had. It wasn't even an Elvis Presley song. It was something from 1964. I don't know what it was. So quickly, quickly move off from that to the next one. And then I've got a Hispanic, 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 a little classic rock. I stop at that. Um, you know, finally get to a little sports. Yeah. And I, I quit. So I don't know how to operate the radio. I do the stereo. I do not how to operate the gear shift, the fi- you know, fine reverse. So when I finally get it home, right, I'm ready to park it in the garage, and I can't get it in a park. <laughs> I later find out that all you have to do is press the button that says P. Yeah. But getting from P to R to D. Especially the R. I'm having problems with the R. Having problems with, you know, I got the P down now because now, oh, there's a button there. I just push that. Is that better than having problems with the D? Good point. Never want to have problems with the D. Exactly. Exactly. Especially after four hours. (laughs) Do do not spit that up where you just drink. (laughs) They have pills for that, you know. Anyway... Uh, I, I might need a pill for to I, operate this car. I think the genie is overdosed on those a couple times. You think so? Have you seen how blue he is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Chuck, you should have your own show there. You can mix in a little of the blue and the, the gold and the brown all together there. Chop, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> you know, Chop, you're, Chop's getting, a, getting this replay today. All right. Chop, I love you, brother. Hopefully, Chop will be at the game now. He comes to a lot of the games. My man, Loyal Lloyd. Loyal Lloyd, taking care of business out at, out at uh, Tobin Dodge. Always taking care of business out there. Yeah, so I'm in foreign territory in this foreign car. Um, and you're asking me if this is going to be me from now on. I, I don't, man, I don't know. Now, I did drive a little bit better today than I did yesterday, but I'm still having some issues, man. Having some problems. So... I I haven't even scratched the surface of operating maybe ten percent of this vehicle. Maybe I need to read a vehicle, uh, read the instructions. But it's probably in Italian. So you know what you can do. What's that? You can probably go to like YouTube and like you know twenty twenty three Alfa Romeo blah, yeah. blah 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 whatever it is. Yeah. And it'll show you like all the cool little tricks that you can do. Probably right. You yeah. know, and like show you how to drive it and. Yeah. All right, but you know I'm pretty stubborn with that. You know I want to be able to figure it out myself. Okay, then then be stuck in R. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather be stuck in D. Right there, you go. Wait, you would rather be stuck in D? <laughs> I have a strong D, very strong. <sighs> no medication needed. All right, my friend. So there you go. There's there's my car story. So you wanted to know about the car, huh. but how's that car looking though? It looks good. I'll give you that one. Very good. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. 
Chops them in. I just that color is not. I had no idea what I was getting. By that, the way, that color is not TC Martin. I'll tell you that well, right now. Yeah, I think they think you know it's. They like the flash, you know, and I had a feeling they wanted to kind of go flash because they want to see pictures and. Can I ask you, you a dumb question? Up. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Are your headlights on? No, you're you're blind. No, I mean they could be because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But, oh, Joey, what do you think? No, no. What do you? What do you? Are you? I, are I, you medicated right now? I wish. Yeah. Yeah. So safe to say, I am out of the uh, the foreign car world of of purchasing a, a foreign car. So now I got I got to go ahead and get a new car because I got the word today that the car's totaled. Yeah. Ooh. Totaled. Not fixable. You know, I haven't seen pictures of it yet. So at some point, like, the, the not, Viet- oh, yeah. During the break, let's, yeah. I want to see these. Yeah. If you have I them. thought it might be salvageable. I, I did. I really did. But they said, nope. And it, it was like where the specific damage was. And yeah. So I got to go through that nightmare. Have you been back to the Westgate since? No. Wait, did I? No. No, I haven't because yeah, that was a week ago Friday, and I was gone last. Watch Friday, out right? when you hit that corner. I'm telling you that right now. Oh man, y- you'll have it, it. I did drive through that intersection twice w- within 12 hours of the accident, and you were extra careful, weren't you? Yeah, one time I was a passenger, and no, I was a passenger both times. Yeah, wait till you drive yeah. it. You'll be yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little, little nerve wracking with all that stuff. There you go. There's, there's the car update, but it's, it's funny though. But the point of the matter is once you get used to, to something, your creature habit, you never want to go and, and change. It's no different than eating, right? Okay. Go to the same restaurants, get the same food, get the same type of car for the most part in the same family because most, if you stick with a, you know, a, a brand, it, it's there. Crazy. All right. Today, what else we got going today? What do you want to talk about? Oh, home run derby last night. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, it was fun. It, I watched a little bit of it. Okay. I'm saving that for Terrible Tuesday. Okay. Okay. But we'll 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 say the good the the good news. The good news is that Vladimir Guerrero won the home run derby, and he had to sweat that out. He had to sweat it out. But I'm kicking myself because I said weeks ago when I found out that he was going to be in it, I think I said something on the show a couple weeks ago that he was going to be in it. And I go, wait a minute. How cool would this be? I could see the storyline now. Father, son, doing it. Because I was watching a Blue Jays game a couple weeks ago. They were talking about that he might be in it. And I said, oh, I got to go Vladdy Jr. He was plus 370. I'm kicking myself. I didn't wager on it. Didn't get a chance to see the game last night. I was bummed, man. Is that a game or the uh, derby? Derby, you know. Yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. I know. I, know, I, I didn't know if they're calling that if they consider that a game or not. No, it's not, yeah, but it was a wagering option. So it's one of those things where I go back home last night and I see the highlights and I'm going, I hope he didn't win. I hope he didn't win. And he won. I knew he'd win. Just had that feeling. So yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. beats uh, Randy Rosarina. Plus 370, uh, 25-23, the final count with that. First father-son team, uh, father team, listen to this, first father-son to win 
a home run derbies. I thought that was very, very cool. All right. So I'll save the rest of the negative stuff for the deal. Terrible Tuesday. I like that idea. How's that? Yeah. So we've got that going. What'd you have for dinner last night? Went for dinner last night? I'm sure it was one of the places. I was, I was back here. I know you were back here. Oh no. Oh no. It it was after, it was probably after that. Well, remember I said I had places to go last night. Yeah. And, uh, no, I didn't get a chance to, to, to dine last night. I had, I had to go through a. How did you not? I, no, that's. Uh, no, I had a drive through. No. I had a drive through last night. Are you crazy? I had a drive through. I had one taco at about uh, 10 p.m. last night, and I got out of the drive through about 10:24. I'm not lying. One taco. Did you run to the border? No, I don't do that. Okay, I, I, had, a, I had a real taco. Oh, okay. I'll say it. I went to uh, Roberto's. Okay. I always, I always end up calling it something else though. I call like Alberto's because uh, there's or, so many. Yeah, yeah, there's so many out there that are not Roberto's. Right. And, and I go back to Sacramento. They had Alberto's. They had a uh, Himberto's. Somebody's Berto's. Yeah, yeah. So I had to do that last night because yeah, preoccupied. They're actually pretty good. Yeah. I, I like them. I did have some good popcorn though. Last night too. Before that, oh, did you see a movie? Yeah, I did. What, what yeah. movie? I'll say it. I'll say it. So, um, I I'm gonna name drop. Name drop. I, I like name drops. Okay. Well, the reason I, I had to go see my buddy's movie, Jim Caviezel. Now you're familiar with his new movie that's out right now. That's hold on. That's Jesus from the Passion yes, of Christ. It is. Okay. I just wanted. Yes. To make, I wanted to make sure I was on and, the right. And guy. also, if you go sports theme, he was the head coach of De La Salle in the high school football movie. From about 10 years ago, which the name I can't remember. Something in the game, whatever it was. Jim Caviezel. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, I met Jim in Croatia. And we were staying at the at the same location, I'll say, uh, when we were back there. We were both back there. Um, and uh, it was great. It, w- it was great. So always been a big Jim Caviezel fan. And he made the movie called uh, Sound of Freedom. Whoa. Now, this movie has been, it's like sold out every night. And I'm going, I really didn't even hear about the movie. So saw the movie last night. Phenomenal. It's about human trafficking um, over in Colombia, Mexico, and even California and just worldwide. And what I thought was so cool about this is there was a low-budget film for the most part. I think they, they, they made it for under $10 million and they have on the screen special message while the credits are going up and they count it down from two minutes. I'm going, Oh, this is going to be Jimmy giving a message and it, it takes down, which is great because it gets people to stick in the theater. Yep. And he just talks about the making of the movie, talked about this movie was made five years ago and he got so much, grief from different studios that did not want to make this movie because it was so controversial talking about human trafficking and how widespread it is what a multi-billion dollar industry it is in the black market and it's horrific they did this movie now let me tell you something this movie was sold out i had a cartwright flashback because the only seats that i could get last night was in the third row Okay, Cartwright. Yeah. So you remember I told you this, the whole Black Panther story with him in row one and never again, but I had to do it. But he gives this message and he says, Hey, you know, 
the only way people are going to know about this, because we have a limited run at these theaters, is for you to tell people about it, social media, attack, attack, attack. Every night this thing is sold out because the power of social media. And they put a QR code on the screen. They say, if you would like to pay it forward for someone who maybe not can't afford a ticket or a something. ticket and you pay it forward and you do the QR code and you do that and they have a bank full of free tickets in, in various cities. Oh, that's awesome. It's very cool. That's yeah. And I leave it, I leave it to Jim Caviezel to, to come up with this. And it's a smaller studio. I believe, I believe it's Angel Studios. And it's, uh, it is a tremendous film, tremendous film. But here's, what I was blown away. Coming in the theater, I saw all these kids in the theater. The, I had these parents, these parents were bringing kids that were like five, six, eight, 10, 12 years old. And I'm going, are you nuts? Why would you bring a small child to a film like this? Crazy. And I guess then after the end of the movie, I'm going like, well, I guess it's not that bad because it was PG 13, but yeah. typical any Jim Caviezel movie. There's going to be a religious theme to it, and there's not going to be any swearing or cussing, which I love. So I could maybe see it, but man, that is some heavy, serious material for anyone under the age of 18, 16. Heavy duty, man. But you want to see a, a great movie? Uh, hey, I'll pass, I'll play it forward, or, you know. Whew. Great movie. Go see that. And I think it's cool because they realize that, you know, the price of going to the movies nowadays, I mean, you can't go to a movie for what, under what, 15 bucks now? 20 Something bucks? like that, yeah. It's ridiculous. By the time you get done with popcorn, you know, 30, 40 bucks, you, you know? So very cool. Um, but yeah, Sound of Freedom. Highly recommend that movie. Yeah, so I had popcorn last night and then a late night. So I don't know why you asked me about dinner, but uh, we'll get back Cause I, to Because I always like having your dinner because okay. you, you always go to the to the good good spots. I do. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then, well, especially when I go out of town. Yeah. So I haven't heard from Mirage because I need my L.A. place for tomorrow. Anybody's got any L.A. recommendations for me, hit me. Hit me up with it. want to know. All right. Oh, shout out. Shout out. You'll love this. All right. NWC fame. Uh-oh. NWC fame. No, I'm not going where you think, okay? I had the two best referees in the NWC. Jesse Hernandez and David Hogg. Nice. And people who watch the NWC will know my reference with that because I would always incorporate my referees into the match, right? David Hogg was a young, up-and-coming um, referee. And he, I used him... He was part of our, our, our NWC team. Phenomenal. Got laid out by Sabu, laid out by Cactus Jack, laid out by Terry Funk. Fantastic. All right. So David Hogg is back here in Vegas, been living here for a while. All right. Shout out to his wife, Roxanne. Roxanne. Roxanne offered me free Slurpee today. Now I didn't get by because she's at 7-Eleven. She runs one of the 7-Elevens here in town. You go by 7-Eleven on East Windmill in Bermuda and just walk in and say, Roxanne! Hey, I rolled the R! That's the first time I've ever been able to roll a R in my life. So you know why they're doing that, right? No, why? Dollar hot dogs. Roxanne! What is today's date? 7-Eleven! Oh! Coming out, baby! Coming out 7-Eleven! Let's go play craps. Let's get a Slurpee. That's what I'm talking about.
I love me some slurpee. This is boxing referee Kenny Bayless, and what I say you must obey. So be sure to catch up with the broadcast at tcmartinshow.com. Uh, yes, we'll be back at it again on Friday at the world-famous Superbook, the Westgate Las Vegas. Make sure you come on out, see the show, see it live. And, of course, our good friends Jake Cornegay, John Murray out there, Marco D'Angelo will be in the house joining me as well. Tracy Murray might be joining us as well, too. Looking forward uh, to that. My man uh, is in town. And, of course, don't forget, uh, tonight, Ace is back in action against the Phoenix Mercury. The uh, first trip this season for Brittany Griner and Diana Tarazi. The game is sold out. S-O-L-D sold out. Again, so 10,000 plus in the house tonight at the Michelob Ultra Arena inside the Mandalay Bay. And uh, then uh, we get on the road tomorrow to L.A. where the Aces will close out uh, the portion prior to the All-Star break. But busy, busy week. So game tonight, 7 o'clock. You can listen uh, to the call if you're not going to the game, of course, with me. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM at uh, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock with the tip-off. And then tomorrow, same thing, we'll be in L.A. as the Aces take on the Sparks. Then back here for the WNBA All-Star Game hosting again. And that will be Saturday, 5.30 tip-off, 5 o'clock pregame there. So uh, jam-packed tonight, NBA Summer League. Everybody will be there. You never know who's going to show up. The celebrities show up. Even our next guest, who is... A celebrity in his own right, as we all well know. The International Boxing Hall of Famer, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, who knows probably the National Referees uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, this guy, this guy's everywhere. Mr. Las Vegas, I love to call him. And uh, he could be operating a shot clock near you. You never know in any gym. Uh, I, I need to get him back to the Mandalay Bay at the Michelob Ultra Arena, the one and only, the marvelous one, Mark Ratner. What is up, brother? My man. I'm, I'm, first of all, I, I heard Kenny Bayless give you a promo. That made me happy to hear my referee, uh, Kenny, do that. That Absol- was nice. Absolutely. You know, we've had we've had Kenny. We've had uh, Jolton Joe Cortez. I think we need we need the marvelous one. I mean, since you and I go back the furthest, I mean, I, I think we need we need the marvelous one to give us a a, a promo. No, I, I would be happy to. And uh, talking about the shot clock. Uh, I've already worked, uh, I think, six games over at the NBA summer. Uh, there's a lot of action there, but I'm really proud of you and happy for you with the Aces, and uh, I, I hope you'll be wearing a ring pretty soon. So uh, that's my goal for you, and uh, all good. So everything's good. Yeah, uh, well, the ring has been sized, and I just have not received it yet. The players got theirs on the on the home opener, and uh, so uh, – Ours are in the mail, I guess, Mark. I don't know. If it gets lost, I'll, I'll let you be able to track it down for me. Okay, that that's fair enough. There. And uh, Since you are the vice president of regulatory affairs with the UFC, I might need you. You never know. You, you never know. And, um, you know, with all this, these pro sports, and it's, it's such an exciting time here. But and I, I've been saying this to everybody: Don't forget about UNLV. Don't let it. Yes. I mean, they got to win. I mean, obviously, and I think they will in football this year. I think this will be a good year. It's going to be the first first good year in a while, and and hoops is going to get better. 
but uh, I just don't want all these pro sports to over overpower them. So it's up to them to start winning and uh, getting that uh, good attention again. I agree with you, and let's let's talk about that. You know, like I said uh, before, I had you on. I said, you know, we could I could talk just about anything with you, whether it's it's local, it's national, or or whatever. Because I mean, your hand is on the pulse of everything, and of course, we'll talk some some UFC and boxing. I want to get to with you today, but really, I mean, you are the perfect guy to talk about the sports landscape here in Las Vegas because you've been here for such a long time, and you remember just like I do, where UNLV, you even more so than me because you have been here longer than you know. I got here in '92 and then moved away and came back, but. The Rebels were, were it. I mean, that was it. And, you know, the crowds that we're seeing at T-Mobile Arena for the Vegas Golden Knights and what we're seeing with the Aces at the Michelob Ultra Arena, you know, sellout crowds. I mean, that was a norm, you know, going back uh, the 70s, uh, the 80s, uh, you know, the, the early mid-90s, and even, you know, uh, having the Rebels had their time in the early 2000s uh, for, for some years as well, too. So I agree with you, Mark, and I'm glad you said that, that let's don't forget about the Rebels. People shouldn't because you get all enamored with, you know, the glitz and the glamour of the pro teams, especially when the professional teams are winning like the Knights and the Aces have. But where do you think the—not where, I'm going to pose it this way. What do you think of the current landscape that we have here in Las Vegas now with those teams I mentioned, and of course, you know, the Raiders— at Allegiant Stadium. No, it's 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 a, a marvelous time, uh, and, and uh, as as we know, ten years ago, watching the broadcast for the Super Bowl, they couldn't mention Las Vegas. They, they couldn't even they couldn't even say uh, Super Bowl. They had to say uh, Championship Football or something. And now we got a Super Bowl coming here next year. Or, or, you know, in next February. So it's amazing uh, the transformation in town here. But um, it's just a, a a wonderful time, and uh, I, I know I'm in the minority, but uh, UNLV's win over Duke is still uh, just an unbelievable accomplishment that some people sort of because they weren't here, but to me, every bit as big as the uh, as the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. and at least equal to it. I, I agree with you. And I think, again, you have, let's be honest, I mean, basketball is a more popular sport for the most part than hockey. It is, you know, nationwide that way. And I think, you know, locally here as well, too. And uh, we do hope that the Rebels, you know, get back uh, to their winning ways. And I think they can. Uh, what are your thoughts about where the program is now and with with Kevin Kruger at the helm? I, I think... Uh... Uh, that he's got a real solid uh, class this year. And uh, I, I think that, um, I'm certainly hoping, but I, I think they will uh, get to get to go to, go to the tournament. Uh, the league is a good league now. The uh, Mountain West it gets better every year. But um, I, I look for good things this year. And, uh, and and especially also in football, Coach Odom is uh, he's, he's gone to every high school, which the former coaches weren't doing. And they're signing statewide local kids, and that's real important. You got to build it up from the, from the locals too. We got a lot of good teams here, a lot of good players. No, there's no question. And I think you know Tony Sanchez, 
you know, was doing that. He was trying to keep as many local kids home and he had that right. local connection. And I, I just, I felt bad for him not being able to get at least another year or, or two there, especially, you know, with the Fertitta football complex and, you know, playing the games at Allegiant Stadium because I felt that, you know, here was a guy that, you know, uh, had his, you know, pulse on, on this city. And he was passionate about it. He was passionate about fundraising. He's passionate about UNLV and the Rebels. Probably more so, Mark, and you know this better than anybody, maybe more so than any other coach of any sport uh, that we've had here at UNLV. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, he deserved a, at least a one more year. And that, that was, uh, <clears throat> I thought it was a big mistake by, uh, by the powers to be. Uh, it reminds me of the mistake they made with uh, David Rice. They yes. should have never done what they did to him in mid-season. Just, I mean, those are mistakes, and it takes a while to come back from it. Uh, but I, I think we're on the right road here, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm glad to be uh, still involved, uh, running the clock and doing that stuff. So uh, it's just uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Mark Ratner, the uh, Vice President of Regulatory Affairs with the UFC, and of course the former longtime um, Executive Director of the Nevada State uh, Athletic Commission. So, Mark, I'm looking at this story today. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this uh, next hour, where Tyson Fury is getting back in the ring, and we have the announcement that the heavyweight champion is going to be fighting, uh, what, uh, Francis Nagano. Francis Nagano. No, Francis Nagano. Now, a guy that you know exceptionally well from his UFC fame. We know Fury, 33-0-1 with 24 knockouts. And uh, Fury has been pretty much inactive for the most part. There was that talk about that he was going to fight uh, Alexander uh, Yusek for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship uh, in London, but that thing fell apart, negotiations. Nagano, 23-3 UFC. But he hasn't fought since January 22. But here we go again. We're getting one of these, you know, cross, you know, mixed martial arts slash boxing, you know, matchups here. And this match that is going to take place in Saudi Arabia is going to be contested under boxing regulations. It's going to be boxing rules, three judges, 10 point must system. So. A lot of people will look at this and say, okay, here we go. Another joke again. We've seen Floyd Mayweather get involved in so many of these, you know, uh, type of, uh, of matches. So when you look and hear about this bout from one of the UFC's best against currently boxing's best, what do you make of it? Well, um, first of all, you brought up, uh, Usyk. That's, that's the guy that Fury should be fighting. That would be for all the belts. So this one is a pure money exhibition. Uh, whether it'll be a real, uh, count as a real fight, I don't know how that'll be. It's a guy making his pro debut against one of the top, best heavyweight champions in the last few years. This, this, he's got a great jab. He weighs 290. And, um, if it's a serious fight, then Francis is going to have problems. Uh, will, will Fury carry him? Who knows? But, uh, it's, it's really a mismatch in my mind. Uh, now, if it's an MMA fight, that's a different story, where Fury would never get on the ground and, and would get submitted, but that's not going to happen. So uh, Francis will make some money, and uh, good for him. That's, that's all I can say. I hope he makes a lot of money on it. Now, you've been around long enough in both sports at the highest level, and how how difficult is it for a, 
either or a boxing guy to try to be a, a UFC fighter or a UFC fighter to try to become a boxer? Well, if you look at UFC fighters, they, they, uh, they have different footwork. They have to, because they don't want to be taken down. They, they don't want to be wrestled. So they have, they can't have the same boxing stance by putting one foot in front of the other. They'll, they'll get their legs kicked off and, uh, it just won't work. So most of them, they might have a good punch, but it's a lot different in boxing. And, uh, uh, a boxer who's boxed for all those years has such an advantage as, as would an MMA guy, uh, being able to grapple and use his jujitsu. Uh, those are not, uh, those are not fair fights for either guy. So, um, I like boxers to fight boxers and MMA guys to fight in. Uh, I was hoping that Francis would stay around and fight, uh, John Jones someday. That would be a huge fight. So, um, so what is, but been, uh, what have been the reasons for Francis not fighting since, you know, uh, January of last year? Uh, he had a, a knee operation that really set him back. And, uh, after he, uh, after he beat Cyril gone, I think he was operated on the next month or something. And, uh, uh, I I think that was one of the big reasons. And I I don't know for sure if he's ready to get back on the mat yet. I don't know if he's completely healthy wrestling wise, but I think that was, and it's always about money. Mm -hmm. It's about uh, contracts, uh, in every sport, it's really the same. Everybody wants more money. So I get it. But here's a guy that, like you said, is one of the top UFC fighters. And, you know, John Jones would, would make a lot of sense, and, and he'd make a lot of money with that as well, too. But if, if he's coming back to, to to box Tyson Fury, then why couldn't he come back to, you know, fight in his own in, in his own realm? Or are you, is, is it just the lure of so much money for fighting Tyson Fury, or is he maybe a, a little sour with... UFC right now? Oh, I, I think it's a combination of, of both. And uh, he's always wanted to box. And uh, I mean, if I were him, I would take a, a a little easier fight to start with than the heavyweight champion who can really fight. Uh, you know, I look at Deontay Wilder, who, yeah. who probably can hit as hard as any heavyweight and, and actually knock Fury down until Fury somehow got up. I don't know how, to this day how he uh, got himself up at the count of nine. But, uh, Fury, uh, when he he just beat up Wilder the last time they fought, and 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 Wilder's a tremendous fighter, so it's tough for me to see him. But um, France is really going that far. Mm. So coming up, Mark, uh, we're a few weeks away. Uh, but well, a little, yeah, a few weeks away from uh, Crawford and Spence. Give me some thoughts on that. This is a fight we've been waiting for for a long, long time. Two guys at the at the top of their game. You know, maybe this fight should have happened maybe a couple years ago. I mean, we're seeing more and more of this with boxing, right? Where where fights should have taken place, uh, you know, long before they do. But give me your thoughts as as this uh, fight unfolds. Yeah, a tremendous fight. Uh, one that uh, we've all been waiting for. Uh, uh, Spence. Uh, for him to come back from the uh, just this horrible car wreck he was in, and and uh, come back intact and come back to fight, uh, that's a, that's an amazing story in itself. But uh, it's it's a fight that uh, it's really one of the top pound for pound ones, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think Crawford would be, in my mind, a small favorite, and uh, it'll do big big business. Um, 
right now boxing is on a, on a real high. Uh, it's, it's very resilient. Uh, I thought Tang Davis looked great the last time he fought. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a good time. I thought the the Lomachenko fight uh, the, a couple of weeks ago was really good. And yeah, I'm 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 happy for the sport of boxing. How, how much do you miss it? As far as you know, being there and being the executive director over all of these championship fights, especially here in Vegas. I miss it um, when I go to the fights, and I sort of miss it. Then then uh, by the time I get home. I know we got another fight on the next week, and uh, like last Saturday, we had one of the best nights ever in the UFC. All big knockouts, big fights. President Trump there, a lot of uh, stars, and uh, just the energy in the in, in the T-Mobile was unbelievable. So uh, yeah, after I um, go to a good boxing match, I'm happy to go right back to the UFC. I mean, I've been gone from boxing for a long time now, yeah. but uh, I'm still a big fan. So how long did it take you to really kind of get comfortable with UFC? Because again, you presided over so many of these, you know, world championship boxing matches and UFC, you know, when you first started was, I mean, it was still new. And how long did it take you to say, okay, this is kind of strange, but okay, I'll get used to it. Now, like you said, hey, I mean, you know, you're used to it. You've been away from boxing for so long, but I knew what a boxing purist that you are. Well, it, it it took me a long time to realize that some guys, when they're grappling, they don't mind being on the bottom or underneath, and they they can do their they can do arm bars and and different holds from underneath. And I just I just thought anybody who was on top in in, in wrestling or, or grappling uh, would win every fight. But that was one of the first lessons I learned. And. Uh, there's just something about the um, the energy. We have ten to twelve fights on these cards, and uh, eleven of them are going to be three round fights, and uh, probably half of them don't go the distance. So it's it's just a fun night. It's it's different than boxing uh, in the fact that, and and this goes back with 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 uh, DK with Don King. He might have four ten rounders. Uh, on a fight card plus six or seven other fights right. and, and you're there for five hours and, and you get tired. So, uh, it, it's a different, it's a different game, yeah. but when the right fighters, right boxers fight each other, as we're getting to, uh, it's wonderful. Now, speak of that, Mark, did you ever, uh, do you have any say in that? And when you were the executive director, did you say, Hey, Don, uh, this is, you, you got to scale back. We don't have room for, for 12 bouts with, uh, you know, six of them being 10 rounders or plus. Uh, did you ever have to get involved with that? Or what were those conversations like? Well, what we did, uh, I remember he had a called the return of the rematch or something. And we had five championship fights on it. <laughs> and, uh, I think we only let him have uh, four other fights or five other fights. But uh, I always looked at it. I got a chance to give all the different officials some big fights and championship fights. We used our referees, so there were some benefits to it. Just a, it was just a long night for the staff and and the officials. If the fight start at three, they have to be there at two. So uh, and it gets over at ten or eleven. That's a long day. Mm-hmm. Marvelous, Mark Ratner. All right, we're gonna leave with this, my friend. Your favorite boxing movie. 
Well, I, I have to make it. There's, there's so many, but the one that I was uh, able to uh, have a bit part in there it is. Called, called Rocky Balboa, where I said, uh, Rocky Balboa 217. That's all I had to say. And I still get residuals, $22 every six months just for saying those words. $22, Now, okay. Now you're, you're the master. I mean, looking at that scale, balancing it. I've seen you do it so many times, right? Uh, there, there was none of that. Uh, you just had to say 270. I want to know what did Sly Stone really weigh? Did he even get on the scale? And what did those numbers say, Marvelous? <laughs> Whatever it was, uh, I don't remember, but I, I remember the opponent, uh, it was Antonio Tarver. Yep. And I think he, his name was Mason the Line Dixon or something. It like was, correct, Mundo. There it is. And, and uh, so his weight, which I also got to carry, call out, was uh, 222. So those are my lines. One take and uh, all the residuals you can eat. So, uh, and we know darn well Antonio Tarver has never seen 222. I mean, come on. He was super middleweight, right? I mean, light heavy at his back. I mean, come on now. What's going on here? What's going on with Hollywood? Yeah, when he fought Roy Jones. Uh, he might have might have weighed one one eighty five. You're right. Yeah, too funny. Mark, appreciate you as always, my friend. We look forward to seeing you uh, summer league. Please get out to an Aces game and uh, stop by. Always great seeing you, brother. Thanks, my man. I'll see you soon. You got it. There okay. he is. One of my all time favorites. Known this man since nineteen ninety two. Marvelous Mark Ratner, former executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission back in the day, presided over so many championship fights, and now the vice president of regulatory affairs with the UFC. Steve Sachs is going to join us next hour as we get ready for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight in Seattle. And yeah, in any language, terrible Tuesday. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces would love a stop. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Aces got numbers three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. To Bay, she's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. T.C. Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana, Bay Bay Williams, boom. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now here. Amazing. Hour number two. Aces in action tonight against the Phoenix Mercury. Game sold out. And the Phoenix Mercury, they're not very good. They're four and fourteen. But, but, but did you see BG throw that throw that dunk down a couple nights ago? Looks well, good. You got Brittany Griner back. You got Diana Taurasi. You got the goat. I get that. But I think this is more about the timing. Aces are seventeen and two, coming back home, hot right now, hottest team right now, no question. Hot ticket, and they got. The NBA Summer League. Got so many NBA players that are in town as well, too. It's the greatest show, man.
No question. Michelob Ultra Arena, Mandalay Bay tonight. The Phoenix Mercury and the Las Vegas Aces, 4 and 14 against 17 and 2. What's the point spread in that game, Nam Chuck? Nine and a half? Nine and a half. Eleven. No, I, I'm, try, half. I'm trying to just take a, like a shot in the dark. I, I, I'm guessing be, anywhere between nine and a half if and it, eleven. If it's, if it's nine and a half, let's all race to the window right now. You want to try again? Thirteen. Keep going. Sixteen. Keep going. Nineteen. Seventeen. Who? <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> if you want the aces tonight just to win the game, lay seventeen hundred. To make 100. Is that good? That's great. It's guaranteed, right? Guaranteed! Lay a lot to win a little. Yeah. 7 o'clock game time tonight. Looking forward to that. And uh, then we got the Major League Baseball All-Star game tonight. I'm going to be up all night. You know that, don't you? Be up all night because I got to get ready, go to LA tomorrow, prep for that. But then I got, I want to watch the game. So I'm going to record the All Star game. I enjoy watching the Major League Baseball All Star game. I am going to spoil the hell out of the show, out of the game tomorrow or or tonight. Spoil it. Spoil it. I'm just going to send you text. Dude, the third inning, amazing. I'm turning off my phone. Just, just wait. I can't, just wait. I can't turn off my phone. Exactly. That's what I know. Why do you like being like that? See, you're like T.J. Reeves and these other hamburgers. Because it's fun. It's not fun. It is fun, and you know it. It's fun for who? It's fun for me because it's just torture to you because <laughs> I know you want to watch this game, and then you'll be like waiting in the third inning. It's just an all-star Nothing game. will happen. It's just an all-star game. I will say this about Major League Baseball all-star games. It flies. These games, usually, they go quick. And now, especially with the pitch clock and everything, they go really, really quick. So... I enjoy that. All right. So, yeah, Aces and the Phoenix Mercury tonight, Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight. Steve Sachs will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk uh, some All-Star stuff. We'll talk about the first half of the Major League Baseball season, even though you do know that we are more than halfway through. Most teams have played 90, 91, 92 games, but we call it the halfway mark, even though it's more than halfway. But we get it. All right. What day is it? What day is it? It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right. We talked about uh, the... Major League Baseball All-Star Game in the Home Run Derby from last night, right? Well, it was pretty entertaining, I guess, right? You had Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who I liked in this. He ended up winning as he defeated Randy Arozarena 25-22. Congratulations, Vladi. All right, so that was pretty cool, right? But now let's talk about the part that's not very cool. Really? How cool is the Home Run Derby? Is it fun? Is it not? What do you think about it? I love the Home Run Derby in the concept. I've always liked the Home Run Derby, but now it's a point where I can't take it anymore. And you know where I'm going with this, right? Can we please get the clock out of the Home Run Derby? Can we get the clock 
out of Major League Baseball. Now, for those fans who say, oh, it's a really good thing, let's come in, Rob Manfred. Now, all of a sudden, I'm hearing national media people saying, let's come in, Rob Manfred, for speeding up the game. This pitch clock is really good. It's, yeah, really? You know Rob what I Manfred, want? You, want, you want to congratulate him? Are you kidding me? You know what I want? What do you want? Ten outs. Thank you. That's where I'm going with this thing. Get the clock out of anything to do with Major League Baseball or any baseball for that matter. We've talked about it before. If you're a true baseball fan, you don't care if the game gets played in 2 hours and 15 minutes, 3 hours and 20 minutes, 4 hours and 40 minutes, 5 hours for 18 innings, you don't care. Especially if you're going to the game, it's like you're getting a a free game, you're getting a doubleheader. All right. But try to follow this home run derby. And I'm finally hearing people say this earlier today going, well, you know, that was pretty good, but yeah, I'm a little bit confused. And man, it was kind of anticlimactic because it took so long. I've been saying this forever. Get rid of the clock. We don't need it. Now, you're watching this thing and it's timed. So whatever it is, about two minutes, you know, you're getting to hit as many, uh, get as many pitches as you can. You see the pitchers, the bullpen pitchers, their fathers, their kids, or whoever's pitching at them, right? Their buddy, college roommate. And it's just like rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. It's like, how do you follow this thing? It's like, oh, you get X amount of homers. Ding! You get an extra 30 seconds. Oh, what? And then we get, ding, an extra, what, 60 seconds. It's ridiculous. So, question, One guy can be up there for five minutes. Question for you. Yeah. Didn't it used to be where you had to... Um, I forgot where I was going with that. You had to... Okay, it, it was out. I'm done, yeah. Okay, before, it was, it, was, outs. it was outs, okay? So you made 10 outs. Yeah. Then that was it. And you saw guys getting selective with their pitches and all that other kind of stuff. There's a lot of different ways that you can you can do this. But the clock in baseball just don't jive. I heard somebody earlier today, national media, say, you know what would be really good for this? Bring out the pitching machine. What are you talking about? Bring out a pitching machine. Where in the world do you have a pitching machine? Well, that way you just set it at 100 miles hour. First of all, you got to set it at 100. You're going to set it like at 85 or something like that. And you get fastballs down the middle. Well, anybody who's hit off a pitching machine, they're not all right down the middle. No. Yeah, that's that, you know, spurred off or whatever, but no one wants to see a pitching machine. Can you picture that? Here's the guy holding the ball up and then drop it down. I mean, come on. Pretty good sound effect though. Right? It was a pretty good sound effect. Yeah. But you know, Get rid of this. Get get rid of the clock. Get rid of all these all these other ideas. But I'm saying you're trying to watch this thing. One guy could be up there, and then he calls a timeout. And why does he call a timeout? Because his arms are getting tired. Exactly. The argument we've heard over and over in Major League Baseball is, well, the guys that win the home run contest or in the finals, they go through all those rounds because they're swinging over 100, 130 pitches during the course of this night, and they got to get back and play for their team two days later, and it affects them. Yeah. You could pull an oblique, you know, shoulder, rotator cuff, wrist injury. I mean, there's so many things that can happen with this. I just don't understand it. Question yeah. for you. Didn't they used to have a rule where you had to have the ball land before the pitcher threw the next pitch. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go there with that. Okay. I'm going to go there with okay. that. Exactly, right? 
So my cure is you go back to the old home run derby. That's right. X amount of pitches. How about that? X amount of pitches or X number of outs, whether it's nine or 10, but speed this thing up. It's way too long. I didn't see it last night. I don't know how long it lasted, but every year we have the same conversation. I guarantee you that for what eight hitters, this thing went well over an hour and a half and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. This thing should be done in 45 minutes. You don't need to go through all this garbage, right? So it'd be a lot easier to follow. It'd be done a lot quicker time. Now, because of this clock that we're seeing out there and guys racing, do you see a Rosarina at the end of the night? Oh, hurry up. You know, I got to catch him. Oh, I'm down three. Oh, come on. Quicker, 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 quicker. Forget it. Yeah. He was just yeah. trying to launch in the final round. A kid in the outfield got hit with a line drive to the forehead. You missed a big part of that. It was a 115 mile I'm an hour getting line there. drive. 115 miles off the bat of Vladimir Guerrero. So he hit one in the left field bleachers for a home run. Everyone's, oh, they're watching it going. And then, boom, rapid fire. The next pitch, here comes this 150-mile-hour line drive. This kid is like mid-left field, goes over his glove, hits him in the forehead, and down goes kid. And then here comes the paramedics on the field. And then I believe they just kept going, though, right? I think they did. They just kept going. Yeah. Wait, wait, there's this kid down. What if he would have got another one? Whether it was a high pop-up or grounder that hit him or... I mean, are you kidding me? Now, you see the kids, mostly kids, but there's adults out there as well, too. All right? These guys are shaggers, and they're volunteers. They don't get paid. They're volunteers. And you have, like, about 15 or 20 of them out there. You don't need that many. Really, you don't need anybody out there because you're not using those balls to, like, hey, relay in. Let's let's throw these no, to the hitter. I see what they're doing. It's always, like... It's fun. The special right? Olympic kids are like the No, it's not. No, special not Olympics not special Olympic kids, kids but like no. but like the They're little league kids little, or they win a contest. You know, they sign up at you know your your local mall or the finish line or whatever and, and stuff like that. Or they're major league baseball players' kids or something like that. That's what it is. But bottom line is they're all volunteers. But yeah, who would expect to get a line drive to the face? So now what's next? We're going to see them have to wear face guards and face masks like we see in, in girls softball sometimes, you know, with pitchers and third basemen. Like, come on. I don't know. It, it's a shame, but it's all because of the clock. All because of the clock with this thing. So take the clock out of it. Congratulations, Vladi. Cool story. He wins. His dad wins. But the home run derby is not great. It takes too long. It's too confusing. It's ridiculous. Boy, you're slow on that. Sorry, I was reading a story that, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you were looking at pictures. That's what I bet you were doing. All right. More serious note. Pat Fitzgerald, the former head coach at Northwestern, head football coach, fired. Now, yesterday, Northwestern University let Pat Fitzgerald go amid allegations of hazing sexual assault, and racism within the school's football program. After initially suspending Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks without pay, 
Last Friday, University President Michael Schill decided to dismiss Fitzgerald altogether when several scandals were uncovered by the student newspaper. How about that? Good for the student newspaper. I wonder how come the Chicago Sun-Times or the Tribune wasn't on this, that the student newspaper uncovered this. Here's what they uncovered. 11 current or former players acknowledged that hazing has been taking place within the program. The hazing included forced participation, nudity, and sexualized acts of a degrading nature in violation of university policies. Are you kidding me? We're still doing this? After Jerry Sandusky and all that nonsense going back, what, 10, 15 years ago at Penn State, they're still doing this? Hazing makes me sick. It's been around forever. But the smart schools don't do this crap anymore and don't let it happen. And for Pat Fitzgerald to be a coach at 17 years at Northwestern, he had to know what's going on. Now, they said that a lot of the assistants did not know what was happening. No students are known to have suffered physical injury as a result of the hazing, but it doesn't matter. I don't want to hear that. Bottom line is, hazing is just terrible. It's degrading, and you're making someone take off their clothes or do something. The bottom line is, it's embarrassing. And if you're there to build bonding, this is what I never understood as a former coach. I'd never get involved in that, ever. Never happen to any of my teams because you're trying to bond everyone together. Whether you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, bring them together. All for one, one for all. Not having this hierarchy of let seniors run your program. And let's initiate freshmen. That is moronic and juvenile thinking. But it still happens, and obviously it happened here. So some players found that the hazing to be harmful with long-term consequences while others felt the rituals were just in jest. Hazing practices are well-known within the program, but there's no credible evidence that Fitzgerald was aware of them. Now, the university received an anonymous email from a former student complaining about the hazing within the football program at the end of November of last year. So at that point in time, Northwestern brought in an investigator. Now, the investigator interviewed more than 50 people with ties to the football program at Northwestern, and sifted through hundreds of thousands of emails and player survey data going back to 2014. The investigation didn't uncover any evidence of misconduct tied to specific players or coaching staff, but it did reveal that most players were either participants in the hazing practices or aware of them. You know, with video cameras everywhere, wouldn't you think that there'd be some type of video with some of this stuff somewhere? I'm sure there is. And I'm sure it's going to come out. Mm. And I'm sure it's all the students that have it. Let me say this about Pat Fitzgerald. This guy was a highly regarded head coach for a very, most usually, bad football team. Bad program. And he did turn it around. He had success. He was a former Northwestern player back in the day. He was an assistant coach. And then he got the head coaching job 17 years ago. He went to 10 bowls. Actually won, what, uh, had five bull wins, was the 2018 Big Ten Coach of the Year. He's the winningest coach in Northwestern football history. But now he's out of a job. And for something that took place not on the football field, 
but something that took place outside of practices and and inside the locker room. It's just downright embarrassing. Will Pat Fitzgerald get another job? Obviously not this coming season, but maybe next year. I don't know, but hopefully this is a uh, a bell that went off, an alarm would go off for all these other uh, programs around colleges and high schools to take note of this, man. This should not be tolerated. All right. Speaking of another goofball coach, oh, one of our favorites, Bobby Huggins. He's out as head basketball coach at West Virginia. Or maybe not. Wait a minute. He might. He might not. Well, here's how the story unfolds. Bob Huggins was arrested on drunk driving charge, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago in Pittsburgh, going back June 16th. West Virginia reported that he had resigned. Huggins said he wants to set the record straight. He came out and spoke about this. He said that he never resigned. He also said that he never got any formal resignation papers for him to review his resignation. West Virginia says they have no intention on bringing Bob Huggins back. Oh, meanwhile, Bob Huggins checked himself into a rehab facility from the drunk driving charge on June 16th. Now, he issued an apology after that, but remember, maybe this has something to do with his other misstep. You know? May have something to do with his coaching, may have something to do with the drunk driving. West Virginia says, you're not coaching no more. But also might have something to do with what Bob Huggins said on a Cincinnati radio station, which we talked about this a few weeks ago, going back, when Bob uh, Huggins was talking about his days as head coach at the University of Cincinnati and the rivalry between Cincinnati and Xavier. Hello. Coach Bob Huggins, you're on the air. I'm sitting here with Steve Muller and the segment. <laughs> Why would, what would make you think I wanted to talk to you? <laughs> hey, Coach. Now, we're telling Huggins stories, but we had a cut at which you kind of took a little shot at me as not being a trustworthy person. Would you want to revise and extend those remarks? Absolutely not. <laughs> hey, Huggs, I told him they thought it was misunderstood. Take it out of context. It was out of context. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just it must have been it must have been my thoughts at the time. <laughs> now, Steve also tells me that you have the best portal transfers. Have you have you poached any Xavier guys to come to oh, play for West Virginia? Catholics don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're above the fracas, aren't we? No problem. Yeah, you, um, absolutely. I mean, you you. I tell you what, any any school that can throw rubber penises on the floor and then say they didn't do it, my God, they can get away with anything. <laughs> I, 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 rubber penis. Was this I like think a that trans- was at the Crosstown shootout. I think it was transgender night, wasn't it? What? Was that it? It was a, it was a Crosstown shootout. Yeah, no, what it was was all those fags, those, those Catholic fags, I think. So. <laughs> all right. They, 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 were, they were envious they didn't have one. <laughs> well, so maybe it has something to do with that, Bobby Huggins, going back. And then he issued this long apology. This was the headline on many news stories, especially in Cincinnati. It led off uh, every local news station uh, the day that uh, he said this, going back uh, last month. But yeah, 
Yeah, maybe it had something to do with that. Here's the bottom line. Bob Huggins, your time has passed. Okay? Your morals, your values, and the way you talk. And remember when we first played this Terrible Tuesday weeks ago, I said, it sounded like Bob Huggins may be a little intoxicated. And now, June 16th, he gets pulled over for drunk driving in Pittsburgh. He apologizes for that. Good for West Virginia. I get it. Bob Huggins has led this team to the tournament. But he hasn't won anything. He's a West Virginia alum. You bring him back. Okay, great. Hard to get quality coaching, I guess, in West Virginia. You ever been to that campus? It's hard. It's hard to recruit there at West Virginia. And Huggins was there, but for the most part, his teams were irrelevant, especially in the last five or six years. But Bob Huggins out, according to West Virginia, but not out, according to him. Here's another miscommunication gap here. Damian Lillard wants out of Portland. Damian Lillard wants to play for the Miami Heat. Okay, we'll get back to that in a minute. Meanwhile, Portland GM Joe Cronin had a press conference yesterday. Had nothing to do with Damian Lillard. His press conference had Cronin announcing a couple of signings, free agent signings. And guess what? Neither was Damian Lillard. A five-year, $160 million contract for Jeremy Grant. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Grant, five years, $160 million. Can't you find some money for Damian Lillard? Or do you not want Damian Lillard do you not want him? You want him out because you got Scoot Henderson. You picked him number three out of the G League Ignite here. Henderson. You're going to want to build the franchise around him. But that tells me if you're going to sign Jeremy Grant to a five-year, $160 million contract, that you probably really don't want Damian Lillard because you're giving Lillard's money to Grant. All right? So you do the math there. Uh... That's a pretty good dough that he's going to be making there for five years. Is Jeremy Grant. Lillard wants to be traded to Miami. Very specific. Apparently, he's under the assumption that he actually gets to determine on where he gets to play. Now, Joe Cronin, the GM, came back and said, I'm not going to address the Damian Lillard situation. We are thinking about it. We're going to take our sweet time. And if something happens, something happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But right now, bottom line is, he is in no hurry to grant Damian Lillard his wishes unless Miami is going to be giving up some quality players for that. Doesn't this ring Aaron Rodgers all over again? Right? I want to go play elsewhere. Wait a minute. The Green Bay Packers hold all the cards. They did going back, you know, six months ago. Same thing with the Portland Trailblazers. They hold all the cards. They want to let Damian Lillard rot? Okay, they can do that. Only trade him if you're going to get better or equal value. That's the way it goes. So yeah, Lillard wants to be traded to Miami. They're to stalemate right now. And uh, this story will bear watching down the road. All right, as we talked about a little bit last hour with uh, Mark Ratner, Tyson Fury, boxing's lineal heavyweight champion, is going to be in the ring again. 
Oh, are we excited? No, it's not against Deontay Wilder. We've seen that story three times. We don't need to see it anymore. Who is it going to be against? Oh, is it going to be against Alexander Yusek for the undisputed heavyweight championship in April? Yeah, we'd like to see that. We would love to see that. That was supposed to be in April at Wembley Stadium, but oh, that never happened. And negotiations collapsed back in March. So the new opponent for Tyson Fury is Francis Naganu. What? Francis Naganu. Yeah, the same Francis Naganu from UFC fame, right? They're going to fight October 28th in Saudi Arabia. It'll be a boxing match that will take place in a regulation boxing ring under boxing rules, including three ringside judges using the 10-point must system. You know, every time we announce a major fight, how many times have we ever said those things that I just said right there? Every single time. No. Never once do you say those things because we, all we know. know because it's a boxing yeah. match, right? Yeah. But for uh, for them to say in the opening paragraph that Tyson Fury is going to fight Francis Naganu and the the fight will take place in a regulation boxing ring, duh, it'll be under boxing rules, duh, including three ringside judges with a ten point must system, duh, 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 no kidding. But look what we've come to now. Floyd Money May- Mayweather against who? All these other YouTubers or wannabe boxers and this and that. And now Tyson Fury is going to go the same route. Can't say I blame Tyson Fury, but please, can we see Tyson Fury fight a boxer? Whether it's Yusek or somebody else. And this will be a walk in the park for Fury. And he's going to earn a ton of money. But how ironic that this is not in the United States... It's not in England. Every time we have to have these one-off goofball matches, it's, never here. It's never here. It's at some Saudi other place. Arabia, yeah, yeah. So, something like that. Yeah, yeah. where they're going to just roll out the cash, roll out the barrel of cash. Do you want to see this fight? No. I, I would have rather have seen Fury for Fury Fury. Well, that's not going to happen. That could, I mean, it could happen. Brother versus brother. Br- brother versus brother in yeah. an actual box, boxing no, match. No, that'd be horrible. First of all, they'd never happen. But number two, no one wants to fight a brother or brother. And it's like, it's it, when has it ever been done in boxing? It has. That's why I'm saying. That's like, what I'm saying. T- Tyson would be. If it was ever going to happen, it should have happened, and would have been a heck of a match. Vitaly and Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. That. That would have been. A heck. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't know who won. Yeah, that's a, that's a coin flip match. Yeah. That's a pick a match. But they said, no, we agree. We're never going to fight each other. Yep. Come on. Tyson Fury and, and his brother. No, not, not going to happen. Francis again. Okay. I want to see it because I want to see. I love Tyson Fury, as you know. Good guy. And he'll kick his ass. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 100%. Yeah. Again, UFC guys get in the ring. Learn from Conor McGregor. Not going to happen. Not going to win. Forget about it. You're just there for a paycheck. So once again, we've got to go through all of this nonsense. Uh, here's some quotes from Tyson Fury. I can't wait to get back out there under the lights. I'm looking forward to showing the world that the Gypsy King is the greatest fighter of his generation in an epic battle with another master of his craft. Okay, nice job, Tyson. Way to go. Way to say what you got to say. Nagano says, My dream is always to box. 
and to box the best. After becoming the undisputed MMA heavyweight champion, this is my opportunity to make that dream come true and cement my position as the baddest man on the planet. Really? If you always wanted to box, then why don't you be a boxer? You know why you weren't a boxer? Because you couldn't cut it as a boxer. Okay? Nothing against UFC fighters, but that is normally the case. Because usually have a weakness. And so you go the MMA route because you can brawl, or maybe you can learn some wrestling skills, or you have some wrestling skills, or you got some mixed martial arts skills. Okay? Those are MMA fighters. Those guys that know where their strengths are. Your strength, Naganu, is not in boxing because you would have been a boxer. You maybe could have attempted to be the baddest man on the planet, but we never know because you've been an MMA fighter, MMA fighter for 20 years. What about Francis versus another Tyson? <laughs> Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson. In a boxing match. In a boxing match. He'd get killed again. I don't it's, care if Mike is s- 50 60, years old, yeah. 55. You know, forget it. Doesn't matter. If Mike trains and, you know. Uh, Could you, I mean, but again, here we go again. You're suggesting, which I get it, these novelty but BS matches. Again, I don't want to see it. Another, it I, it's just a different novelty. He wants to be the baddest man on the planet. Fury, fight Yusek. See who the baddest man is. Naganu, fight John Jones. What's wrong with that? It's your own realm, and you can make a lot of money. It just makes too much sense. Terrible Tuesday is just full of logic. Maybe not reality, but full of logic. Like that conversation from yesterday. <laughs> if you got some Terrible Tuesday takes, hit me at TCMartin21 on Twitter. We come back. Five-time All-Star Steve Sachs as we get ready for the Midsummer Classic. I'm fair, but I'm firm. This is boxing referee Joe Cortez. I always listen to the TC Martin Show. All right, Ace is back in action tonight against the Phoenix Mercury game sold out. And then tomorrow will be in L.A. Back-to-back games. And with no Candace Parker, still uh, recovering from that right ankle that she hurt last Friday in Dallas. So they have to go back-to-back games. I know Candace would love to play tonight against uh, Phoenix and definitely back in L.A. tomorrow. So we'll keep an eye on that. Listed as day-to-day. But I got a feeling they just want to give her the extra rest through the All-Star break and have her good to go till next week so she'd get a good seven, eight days off. So we'll keep watching that and check that out. All right. So. We've been talking boxing a little bit this hour, obviously with Tyson Fury and Francis Nagano. I guess that's kind of boxing. But I had to address uh, my man, Brian Salmon, over at News 3, our guy, B-Sal. And we had talked about this before, about, you know, he was going to be in a, a, have his first boxing match. And it got uh, postponed. And unbeknownst to me, while I was gone, I feel terrible. Well, I shouldn't say unbeknownst, because he did tell me that he was going to be fighting. I couldn't attend, but it was last weekend, and we do have confirmation and the official results that not only that B-Sal was involved in a boxing match over the weekend, but the winner was Brian Salmon, and he is 1-0. So, since he probably did not get the proper introduction... While he's sitting there sweating bullets out, I'm ready, Snake. Are you? I'll do my 
And the winner is... Were you blue corner or red corner? <laughs> I was red corner. All right. And I was, the red I, corner. Dressed in, I was wearing red. He, he was, okay. Donned in the red, fighting out of the red corner, the winner, and still undefeated, Brian Beesel Salman. Where's my belt up, Jack? <laughs> There we go, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Let's hear about it, baby. I'm glad you missed it. Let's hear about it, man. Well, it was, uh, it was, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I won and everyone told me that, you know, they're like, man, you, you won all three rounds and whatever, whatever. But, um, like, honestly, I I felt like I could have done a whole lot better than I did. It was nerve wracking, man. It was nerve wracking. It really, and it wasn't nerve wracking because I was going in there and fighting. It was nerve wracking because, like, I invited people that I knew, and there was pressure to not go in there and get my butt kicked. And you know, I'm a, I'm a competitive person, so I don't want, I, I didn't want to lose in front of everybody and be like, oh, you did good. You know, you did good. You should have got the win. You know, I didn't want to hear all that. Um, and then on top of all of that. You know Stitch. You know Stitch. Jacob Stitch Duran, right? Of course. You know Stitch. Yeah, when we talked about, yeah, I know you know. So Stitch, I invited him. I was like, hey, he he came out and he was there just to wrap my hands. He wrapped my hands for me, right? I remember and, you know uh, talking about this with the three of us that that when this time comes, that Stitch was going to be doing it. And uh, now, how many yeah. people, how many of the non-boxing fans actually thought that he was uh, Edward James almost or Carlos Santana instead ah. of Stitch? I know, I know. Well, since everyone there was a boxing fan, he got he got hounded by everyone. Of course, people coming up taking pictures and ask, I mean, the whole time he was there. So I got Stitch to come up there to wrap my hands. I've got Wayne McCullough to my coach, and then I had uh, there were two cameras there, and I just one but two because one of my camera guys brought his big camera instead of his his little personal one, so it, cause he was going to take some pictures just thought stuff I would have for myself. So we had two cameras there. So I'm like, I'm thinking all these people are, man, who is this guy? Why he thinks he's special? And, you know, he, I, I'm a, I hope he gets beat and, you know, he, he thinks he's above, you know, whatever. Cause I'm thinking I got this big production going on over here and I've never fought before. So that was a, that was pretty nerve wracking that I had all that going on. But I mean, once the bell came out, the bell ring first round, uh, I started off kind of slow, just a minute 30 rounds. You know, jab, jab, jab. I hit old boy with a super hard right hand. I thought, pow! And I, I watched the video back. I mean, it was a really hard right hand. Um, and then, so the first round went, kind of went by. I didn't know how I did. I thought, like, man, I might have lost it. I don't know. Second round, same thing. Uh, more right hands. I'll send you the video. You can see it. But I don't know, man. I I, I got hit with a left. Um, it, was, it, was, it was flush, but it, wasn't, it didn't hurt anything like that. But it was it was a good enough shot that the whole crowd was like, ooh, when the guy hit me. Like, oh, man, everybody saw that. Everyone saw it. Cause, I mean, it was loud, too. Like, I literally heard everyone was like, ooh. It's like, okay. So, uh, you know, I, I got back. But I, I, I really, my right hand was really what won me to fight. Like, the jab was cool. jab was cool. But I was throwing some good straight right hands that, that landed pretty hard. So, um, and then... Joe Cortez, who you just had open the show, he's the one in the ring that gave me my belt. Like I won a belt. That is so cool, man. That is so. Yeah, it was. 
it was cool. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like when he raised my hand, but it felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. Um, I could hear everybody in the crowd because I mean, there was a good 20 people there for me. I don't know, it was a good number of folks, man. Definitely the loudest of anyone that was fighting. And uh, man, it just, it, I, I'm right after this because I don't know if you've seen the clip. Jesse did the clip on the air. Sunday night. No, I've been gone, so I didn't see anything, man. Oh, man. So yeah, I'll send you the link, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesse, I interviewed Wayne, you know, my coach, Wayne McCulloch, the pocket rocket, and, you know, just talked to him about, you know, guys fighting in the Masters. There's four guys that are 35 and older. And, uh, you know, he talked about training me and everything else. It it, it turned out really well. I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. It was an emotional win just because, you know, I've been training for a while, man, and I, I didn't want to come on the show talking about I lost and I'll do better next time and blah, 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 you know? <laughs> I think that's awesome. Oh. Now, now, describe the opponent, okay? I want what, what did the opponent look like? Hey, did you guys, did you see him before? Any video? Or is it just you go in the ring that's the first time you've seen the guy? So, this, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. All right. Um, check your phone, too, because I sent you some pictures. But Yeah, uh, yeah I got it right here. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so my opponent, my opponent was 188 pounds. He said he came down from like 190 something. So he, he dropped like three or four pounds, and I weighed in at like 181. Because me and this his name is John Sarkeesian, Iranian guy, and he said that he saw my name on the list after I weighed in, and he was like, "Oh man, okay, this guy is 181 pounds. He must be really small." And you know, I, I'm 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 happy that I'm fighting this guy. This is what he's telling me. So. uh I didn't see him literally until I walked into the ring. Like he, I didn't see him warming up anywhere. I didn't know who the heck he was. And, uh, he had pretty good size. He's over here doing like a Mike Tyson ducking, ducking, throwing left hooks to the body as I'm walking in the ring. Seriously. And he looked pretty fast. I was like, Oh man, had pretty good size on him. He was older though. Um, he was like, uh, I think he was 54. So he was a bit older than me. Uh, which, I mean, but still his first fight as well. But this dude was game. Like, he was definitely, definitely, he was in really good shape. Since he's running like six miles a day. And uh, and literally talking to him after the fight, because he was the coolest guy ever, man. Like, I, I couldn't have fought against a better dude. He told me, he's like, listen, man, first of all, um, he's like, hey, your stand was really good. Cause I, he's like, I got tired in the third round, and you're going good. He, he was shocked by that, and he's like, I was also, he says, I'm shocked by how big you were. He's like, I thought you were a lot smaller than you were because you're 181 pounds. I was like, man, he's like, you're a good sized dude, man. He's like, and you hit hard. He's like, you hit really hard. He's like, you hit me with a right hand and, and, and like the first round or something that like it just stopped me in my tracks and just staggered me. He's like, I didn't realize it though, but he's like, you have a really heavy hand. Okay. Like, so, man, okay, I guess. So, one to 10, judge your performance. Seriously? Yeah. My, my, yes. My, you. You know I know, what I mean? Like, are you going to be hard on yourself? You I, I, I get it. Go ahead. What do you think? I give it about a, I give it about a, um, like a six. A give by Seriously? six. All right. So let's, let's, yeah. let, let's take from the other angle and let's ask our, our special guest what he actually thinks. All right. The man oh, wow. who has wrapped so many famous hands, and now Brian Salmon is to that list. <laughs> but what and only Jacob Stitch Durant Stitch. Great, wow. great, great piece wow. house performance. <laughs> wow. 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 What's what? up? Go ahead, Stitch. You know, Let's hear it. 
I'm so, I'm so proud of Brian. You know, I, uh, I'm in Stockton right now. I'm working with Nate Diaz, right? Yeah. And I had to come after that. But Brian had asked me <laughs> if I'd be available. And just by the grace of God, I had this weekend off. And uh, so we got together. But I knew that he was being trained by Wayne McCullough. And I have worked with Wayne many times. I know his style. And I know that uh, uh, Brian was an athlete. But, yeah, come fight time, bro, I uh, I told him that uh, even though he's making his debut, I'm going to treat him like a world champion and wrapped him. I gave him the knockout wrap and he went out there and he had skills. And, mm-hmm. and you're right, Brian, that Armenian kid, uh, not a kid, the man, uh, he came to fight and, uh, it, it turned out to be, uh, another historical moment under my belt. And, uh, I was just proud to be working with Brian, but he did. Yeah. I gave him about an eight or a nine. Right. Right. hand was pretty ferocious. <laughs> so let's, let's add this up. Okay. Now be sell. I want you to listen to this. Okay. Wow. So you know, we just had stitch. Wow. Stitch was just in studio a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we knew that this match was wow. coming up. I just wish I was in town. I could have been there. But just think about this now. Okay, Stitch has wrapped the hands of so many world champions. Add Sylvester yeah. Stallone, Rocky Balboa, Michael B. Jordan. Wow. Oh, and by the way, Brian Salmon. Look at that. You're, you made the list, brother. Nah, man. Oh, first <laughs> of all, Stitch, man. It's good to hear your voice as always, man. Anytime I see... Stitch, man, it's, it's a good day. He's one of the he's one of the most humble, genuine dudes in the world, man. I, and I, I I say this to him all the time, and I, you can't say it enough, man. I love the guy, and I I I was just I was humbled by the fact he was there, and then it, it he uh he did he made me feel like a world champion, man. I mean he he uh he helped pump me up and get me ready, and I mean he told me right after I came out, he's like, man, I you know I thought you won all three rounds, like you definitely won. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I felt like, uh, I didn't think I did great, but I feel like I could have done better. You know what I mean? But I got the win and that's what matters. And, uh, I just text you, um, a picture of the hand wraps that Stitch did for me. I think <laughs> I, I got te- it. I got I think it. I texted to you too, Stitch, uh, uh, the other day. So, um, yeah, man, it was great having him out there, man. Like I, I felt like a star I and mean, I really did. So, so Stitch, when I was flying, uh, this past weekend, uh, I'm going through my movie choices and everything, and you know it's been a while, you know, since I've seen you know Creed one and Creed two because we talked about it when you were last year. Hey, saw Creed three, really enjoyed it. So I said, let me. This is how I'm going to spend like my my couple two hour flights. So I went back and I watched Creed, and because I you know I forgot a lot about it because it's been such a long time. And then after I got done with that, I said, oh boom, I'm going to go Creed two. So there's my man. There's my man. So, Stitch, here's a big question. Do you think you could talk to Michael B and we can get B Sal in Creed 4? I already laid it out on the line for uh, for his agent. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go, B Sal. There you go. I mean, come on now. That's cool, man. This is cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, and, and let me add that rapid hand. Uh, I wrapped one guy's hands, and that was only because that was Devera Williamson's uh, fighter, and and uh, my first fight with Vladimir Klitschko was against Devera Williamson. Mm-hmm. So, but three other guys I turned down because uh, this was Brian's moment, and uh, I wanted to make it special for him, and uh, he came through, you know. And uh, what a support group that he had with him. So, yeah, hey, I brought tell you, you're a gladiator, uh, Brian, and uh, I'll follow Man, you. Thank, thank <laughs> you very, very much, this man. I. I, I, I've told you time and time again, man, I really appreciate you coming out. 
Because as you said, you're in Stockton. You're about to go to Japan. Like you're all over the place. And the fact that you were here, that was uh, I was fortunate. And, and you came through just like you said you would, man. And you, yeah, you, 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 you were a big part of me getting that win. You're a big part of me getting that win. So um, I will never, ever forget Sunday. I mean, I'll never forget Sunday yeah. for sure. That's great. You know, I'm, I'm in my room waiting to go up to the gym, uh, watching Judge Judy and uh, get a message from T.C. Martin if he call, if I could call right now. And I put it on mute. And uh, when T.C. calls, I, I answer. My man. My man. Oh, T.C. Man, that's a you, – you shocked the heck out of me with this one. I, I was not expecting – you to have since on this. Wow! Hey, this is wow. How, this yeah, is how we roll. Listen, B Sal. It, 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 uh, Twenty minutes ago, we weren't even planning on having you on, and there's okay. We got B Sal. Oh, wait a minute. We got to get Stitch on. So this is how we roll here, you guys. You guys know how we roll. Yeah, you see, you are a professional. One on one. Hey, I just want to say this to both you guys. Uh, both longtime friends. Appreciate both you guys. Stitch, I think that is so cool. And, you know, like when Brian says, hey, man, you're a man of your word. We know Stitch is a man of his word. Uh, it is so cool because a lot of guys would not do that. And uh, you had the best. You had the best cut man in your corner, yeah. wrapping your hands uh, into your locker room. So that's cool. And, Brian, I know how important that was for you. To, um, you know, to get in the ring and, uh, you know, get, you know, prove that you could do this to yourself and everybody else. And I know, you know, months and months ago, you know, you were nervous about this, like, oh, how you, how you going to pull this thing off, man? And you did. You should be proud of yourself, man. So no, I, I, I salute, you know, both of you guys and, uh, yeah, I appreciate your friendship. So cool stuff, guys. Cool stuff. <laughs> all right, man. Well, let me get back to Joe's Jr. Yes. All right, bro. I'll let you go. Stitch, thanks for taking the time, man. And yes. uh, I'll see you all soon. Right, love. Thank you, bud. All right. Thank, Thank you, bud. Right, Thank you. The best. Stitch. Wow. Damn. Yeah, there you DC. go. DC, you are, you are something else, DC. You've outdone yourself with that one, man. Um, <laughs> Stitch, man, he's a, he's a great dude, man. I, I remember we went to a UFC fight, I think, or a boxing fight. You and I were walking through the crowd, and we ran into Stitch and his daughter, Carla. Who's also, yeah. I mean, two two people that couldn't be any better folks, man. She's from she uh, lived in Vallejo for a while, which is wild. Of you course, know, from the Bay Area. I know, no, I, um, I, I think. Hey, uh, one of the, I think one of the very first times I met Carla was with you when we were at the fight. Yeah, I think and I might introduce taking, you to her. And then yeah. all of a sudden, oh my God! Well, hey, I know your dad. This and that. I've known your dad for years. Da, da, da. And then that's how Carla and I became friends. Yeah. So there's, you know, like I said, yeah. La Familia, man. We're all La Familia. Absolutely, absolutely. So the picture I just texted you of the hand wraps with the belt and everything else, I just texted Stitch because I uh, he didn't get that. So after I got done with the fight, he cut off the hand wraps and then kind of put them together and put like a towel inside of them so you can kind of see how they look in the picture there, man. He uh, he 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 really did. Man, he made me feel he made me feel like a world champion. He kept telling me that. It's like, hey, I'm treating you just the same way that I would treat Andre Ward. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, I I literally have the literal best in the business in the boxing world, like wrapping my hands and taking care of me before my first fight, which is crazy. Yeah, you <laughs> did. I mean, there, there's there's no question about that, man. And then again, you had a sounds like you had a great support staff. It was good. Sounds like the event went off a great. Is is there going to be a uh, fight number two? I don't know, man. I I think I just because. I want to. I want to dominate a fight. You know what I mean? Because um, you know, I'm watching it. I'm seeing guys that were having their first fights, 
And I'm thinking like, oh man, if I fought that guy, I would kill him. You know what I mean? Like, but I didn't get that opponent. So, um, even if I get an opponent like the one I just had, I want to go in there and dominate somebody, you know, just, so I, I may end up doing it again. Who knows? But it, it's good being one and oh, and I would not mind, you know, walking out of the gym after making the three pointer. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> man, I don't know. That is so cool, brother. Ooh. That's so cool. All right. So maybe what I think we should do, we should just start a Las Vegas, uh, television division and we get maybe you, you and Jesse and then you take on the guys, you know, from uh, channel five or, you know, uh, channel Stop eight. It. There Stop we go. It. No, no, I just kidding. You know, Stop Jesse, it. Hey, you know, Jesse Merrick wants part of this now too. You know that Jesse well, he's too young to uh, compete. Oh, that's true. You have to compete. Yeah, you have to be thirty-five, and Jesse's under. Jesse's like thirty-three. He's Uh, like a baby. He smells like baby powder. You know what I mean? So, he can't compete. All right, we appreciate. Hey, congratulations on the victory! I wanted to make sure that I, that I had you on today. All right, man. So there you go. I, uh, I I preempted Steve Sachs for you today. Okay, man. So you know. Oh wow! So there you go. <laughs> me and me and Stitch. I mean, hey, the combo. On there. Hey, uh, and I sent you the I sent you the link too. So check out that link. I, I definitely will. All right, brother. You're gonna be out at the uh, Michelob Ultra Arena tonight. Yeah, I'll be there with my daughters, man. I'll be I'll be there as a fan. So I'll good. see you. Good. Tonight. Good deal, brother. Sounds good. All right, B Sal. Congratulations, man. Hopefully you're not too sore. And uh now you know what it, what it feels like. Uh, you know, getting your hand raised. And I was also gonna try to put we ran out of time. I was gonna try to get Joe, Joe Cortez uh on after a stitch, but we ran out of time. Uh, that would have been cool too. <laughs> it's, it's okay. He All probably right. he probably doesn't remember me, but well, maybe he does because he sat down and talked with us for a while. So we'll see. Thank right, you, man. This All right. is more than I could have hoped for. All right, brother. Enjoy the moment, and uh, we'll see you tonight. All right, thanks. Appreciate you, TC. Uh, of course, Brian Salmon over at News Three, one and zero as a amateur boxer. You gotta love it. All right, I want to thank Stitch Duran for joining us. How about all that impromptu? All right, and I promise uh, we'll get try to uh, we'll get Steve Sachs uh, back on at another time. All right, I'm off tomorrow and Thursday. Got to go to L.A. for the Aces, but back at the Westgate on Friday out at the world-famous Superbuck. All right, so I uh, also want to thank Marvelous Mark Ratner. Uh, what a boxing-slash-UFC day today. That was our guest list today. So very cool with that. If you miss any part of the show, go check it all out, tcmartinshow.com. Go check out the latest uh, blog, the article there uh, about the Aces, 17-2. and two. That's up there. And also, Mickey Sudo, our interview up there with Mickey, winning her ninth Mustard Belt Women's World Champion Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. And of course, uh, go check out the classic interview page. The current interview is all updated at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a good one. I'll talk to you on Friday.